Hello, beautiful. I'm your host, Samantha Roberto, founder of the Vibrancy Method program, and I am honored to be your life and mindset coach today. I believe we are most vibrant when we are authentically ourselves, and quite often, it's our challenging moments in life that shape us to be that best version. I also believe that deep down, we all have an unshakable confidence within us, and sometimes we just need to be reminded of the light within and who we truly are. So here, we share empowered women's stories to highlight the importance of honoring the journey and to learn from their lessons. We've got a great episode for you today, so let's get to it. My dear, I am super excited for you to be here. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I already can tell just for the few minutes that we were just talking, it's just conversation is flowing. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I've been so excited for this because I followed your podcast and I just love your work. So I'm excited we can talk in person today. So the first thing I want to ask you, well, thank you very much. But the first thing I want to ask you, you just mentioned you're a minimalist. Yes. Have you always been that way? I would kind of want to follow that breadcrumb because I feel like there's something sort of there. I haven't actually, but um, I'm not a minimalist on all levels. I love fashion. I've worked in the fashion industry for quite a while. So um, I'm obsessed with clothes. I love expressing myself in all sorts of things. I'm a very creative person. And clothes is one of the aspects of, of that, of expressing myself and showing each day how I want to feel. And in the morning when I wake up, I really want to put some clothes on and do some styling in terms of what resonates with me on that one day. But in terms of just, let's say, everything in the house or also in terms of even food, I buy very pure and minimalistic things, very basic things um, that last a really long time. I rather have very quality things instead of a lot of stuff and a lot of clutter. And actually, um, it hasn't always been like this. It came because I had to do two to um, house, I don't know how the English word for it, but it's like a house cleaning because my uh, father passed away and mm-hmm. very sudden and mm-hmm. my mother um, basically went away, married another man. Um, so she just left very suddenly as well. So me and my wow. siblings had to take all the stuff from uh, two households and get rid of it within one weekend. And that was a very traumatizing point in my life. So from that moment on, I said to myself, I don't want to ever own so much because this was just so much to handle. And it's crazy how much things you accumulate in a lifetime. So seeing this and really going through all that stuff that actually no one needs as well was so overwhelming for me that um, mm-hmm. I, for my side, decided I want to just have the basics that I'm really using and that bring me value and that last me for a really long time and in the best case for a lifetime. Wow. How old were you, if you don't mind me asking, like when you went through that? Because that's like going through, and I, I have a few friends who've gone through similar experience of having to go through, you know, parents or grandparents or people who've passed away. And then you go into their basement and it's just boxes of stuff. And it's like, oh my gosh, where did they even get this from? And it's years and years and years. Emotionally can be tolling. Um, but to go through and have to do two houses, what, what stage of your life did that happen? 
I was 23 by then and my siblings were 14. So we did that together. Fortunately, I have siblings. That's, it was really big help, but obviously they were 14. So we all were pretty young at that age. And, um, yeah, it was just so much stuff. And that's how you realize actually how much a person collects over a lifetime. It's really, and it goes so fast. You know, you move in a new flat and already when you move to another place, maybe a few years later, you realize how much you've accumulated over these very few years. And then it's always a good time to let go of things and ask yourself again, do I really need this or can I let go of this? And just imagine a whole lifetime in a house and then even from two people, two whole households, a house, garden, basement, attic. It's so much. Yeah. It's overwhelming. <laughs> it can be. And I, you know, that's one thing I, I say is a cluttered space, a cluttered mind, right? And I'm so fascinated by minimalism. I just think that you know, less is more in a lot of ways. And my mom's sort of, you know, went through the same thing and she's sort of, you know, minimalist in her approach. And I almost feel like it's the opposite to the modern materialism in a sense, but there's so much peace mm. in living that way too. Yeah, definitely. And I'm a very creative person. I also study design and photography. So always when I had a new project coming on or when I'm working in my um, creative mind, then I really need cleanness around me in order to mm -hmm. get something out there. Because I think that's really the baseline of being creative is that you have that uh, white canvas, that you have that mm -hmm. empty space in order to start a new building something. And then that's part of the whole creative process for me. So I think meditation can be compared to that. You know, you empty your mind in order to make space for new things to come up. And also the whole thing of letting go, I think you can compare that to a lot of aspects in your life. When you let go of something, no matter what it is, a relationship or just clutter or um, a thought, then you just make space for something new, something probably better to enter your life. Mm -hmm. Always, right? It's that when we hold on to things, when you become the hoarder and you like attach and you cling on to things in meditation, it's like that's when it's like you you have restlessness come up and you get like the uh, discomfort and all of these crazy emotions. So if you can learn to let go and really be in the moment and be present, I, I really do feel like you said, that's when creativity can really come through. And I can like, I can tell just even from the minute you showed up, you're so artistic and you're expressive, <laughs> your beautiful red lipstick and, you know, gorgeous red earrings and painting in the background. Have you always been creative your entire life or is this something that's blossomed? I was creative as long as I can remember already as a child. I was very concentrated on the things I love to do. And fortunately, my parents were really encouraging me with all of that. So I did pottery classes. I did drawing. I even was allowed to paint the walls in my room the way I wanted to. So I did like teddy bears all over my room and uh, I did sewing. I did my own clothes. And so I've been creative in all areas of my life basically and then I uh, studied art history as well but I realized that it was a bit too theoretical for me I really wanted mm -hmm. to do hands-on I'm more the type that actually likes doing things and then I started studying design and photography so that was really fulfilling and I uh, learned a lot with that um, 
going deeper into all these areas of yeah design and photography and really creating things and i love to surround myself with beauty so mm. um, oh i like just can we just absorb that i want to breathe that in because that's so just like i love to surround myself with beauty and i just think that's so beautiful and that's one thing when you are mindful of you know the the loving the things that are around you it's like all of a sudden you can elevate your experience. Hmm. Yeah, I love that you just said that and brought that in because I think beauty is around us all the time, but we can change our perspective and we can change our view to in order to be able to see this beauty. Because if you're stressed or you're frustrated or you have a very negative mindset, you can be mm -hmm. in, in paradise and you won't see it. You will only see and focus on the bad sides. But then when you really change your look and actively surround yourself with beauty and gratitude, also gratitude for everything that is around you, then you're able to see this beauty and put the focus there and then elevate that even on the next level. Um, and I've experienced that for the first time when I was on Bali, um, because I, I mean, I don't know if you've been there, but Bali is just. I've been seven times. I love oh, Bali. It's one of my favorite places in the world. I was actually yeah. just talking to one of my best friends. Um, we have a call every Friday and we were just talking about how we just both can't wait. If the world opens up, we're both going to Bali. <laughs> that I'm going <laughs> to see you ticket. there. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you there. We'll see you there, yeah. right? <laughs> I'm just waiting for the borders to open because usually at this time of the uh, year, it's um, as we're recording, it's December. It's very cold in Berlin where I live. And usually I spend the winter on Bali and Thailand um, because it's really, I found a part of my home there and uh, just love being there. So you also know it's it's paradise, you know, it's beautiful the people are beautiful the food is beautiful everything's so beautiful but what always happens to me in the first days when i'm on bali is that i get that weird painful feeling and really like a discontent and i go through so much and internally and i think because bali is like that really energetically very intense place that really mm -hmm. confronts you with a lot of internal things that are going on a lot of fears and stuff but once i go through that only then I'm able, able to see the beauty of this place. And always in the beginning, I'm already there, but I cannot see it because I'm so focused with everything confronting there that it takes me a few days in order to arrive and then really take all that beauty in and embrace it. I'm curious, what type of things come up for you? What type of things come to the surface to confront? It's somehow always different. It always brings on what I'm currently working on with myself, where there is my struggles. Mm -hmm. And um, the first time I went to Bali, I went through like that whole process of finding peace with myself, finding peace with my body. And always the mm -hmm. first days, the first days that I was ever there was so confronting with, with that topic for me. And I did a milestone after leaving Bali and I didn't even realize it, but I went through all that with the energy of Bali and then working on that. Um, 
and I came back and actually it's a, uh, yeah, quite an, a funny story. So the, the year before I did, um, I was so unhappy with myself and I've always struggled somehow with my body look and uh, like the way I look generally. And I projected all my discontent and more, all my insecurities on my small breasts because that was something I got always bothered with when I was at school or even later because nothing ever happened there. I just stayed like I was five years old. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I projected all that discontent on not having like big breasts. And so I did a, a breast um, surgery. I got breast implants. Mm -hmm. And when I was on Bali, I suddenly realized how wrong that felt for me. And that was just these few weeks on Bali that completely changed my perspective. And I would say it really healed me from my inside going through all of that process to realize that I don't need something external and I don't need any outer things in order to be pure and being already imperfectly perfect. And where mm -hmm. we come back to the minimalism, you know, like I don't need external things um, in order to make me feel good. I love mm -hmm. to be very pure and raw and also Therefore, the minimalism, you know, like I love to have it very pure, very raw, very essential. Um, mm -hmm. And then really like getting all the, the good vibes and feeling really good with that. So I realized that that was not for me, the um, breast implants. And as soon as I came back from Bali, um, one week later, I had my um, implants out and it was the best decision of my life. And ever since, I've been so happy and so content with my body. And it might, might sound very abstract, but I think I needed to go through that whole process in order to find myself. Sometimes we need the the little excursion, <laughs> the yeah. little trip on the outside in order to find our inside, I think. <laughs> And they say like, you know, like go get lost. Cause if you're just in like the, the box that you know, in the world that you know, sometimes it's hard to see it. Mm -hmm. But when you immerse yourself, and this is why I love travel so much, it's immersing yourself in a whole new world. It shakes things up so you can see things differently. It gives you that perspective. Definitely. I love traveling. I've always loved traveling because I think it's the best way to grow inside because you get confronted, as you just said, with all the things that you took for granted in your everyday life, but suddenly yeah. they're not granted anymore. And mm -hmm. people on the other side of the world might do or see things completely different than you think or, or do things regularly. And then you really confront yourself again and seeing if the things that you've always done like this and always taken for your normal do you want to have them or continue them in your life? Or do you maybe want to question some of these and integrate some new things and some new learnings and experiences into your life because you see it in, done in a different way? And also, I think we can learn so much from other people and especially if people are so different from us. And I think that's why podcasting is such an amazing tool because yeah. just from listening to conversations from other people, I think we can learn so much. And that's the beauty of, yeah, so many different people in this world because everyone has their own story. I think this is so amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Everybody has a story. Everybody has experience. Everybody can teach you something. It's whether or not we're slow, you know, we slow down enough to really see the lesson and really observe and really be present enough to see the beauty, like you said, that is in every moment. Like you said, yeah. I love it. You could be in paradise 
but it could be an ugly place because of what you're experiencing inside. So, I mean, I love that you went to Bali. I love that you had that beautiful experience. Now, what's your relationship like to your body? How would you describe your body? Pure, happy, healthy. (laughs) Pure, happy, healthy. I love it. And it's the name of your podcast as well. So it's really your mantra and your mission. Exactly. Yeah, that's, um, I don't know what was there first, first the feeling or first the name, but it all, I think, came hand in hand. So that's really how I live and everything I surround myself with and how the relationship to my body is. Ever since I got the breast implants out, I had really the comparison on how it is to feel really pure with your body and really aligned and really into your body. So I didn't Mm -hmm. have that hate anymore that I was projecting on all kind of flaws that I saw in my body, but more really going diving deep in my body and, and really feeling my body as well. And health and happiness, I think is such a big aspect of my life because I mean, happiness is the key to, for everyone, I would say, no matter where you are in this world, I think we all in the end want to be happy with who we are, with what we do, how we live. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's such a universal value that we all share as humans. So yeah, obviously I want to <laughs> have a happy life. And I think health, and now we see it more than ever in the corona crisis, that health is one of the biggest yeah, assets we have. And one of the values that maybe a lot of people haven't put much focus and much attention to. But I think for me, as my father passed away while I was very young still, I could already see that health is the biggest um, gift that we have. And therefore, then I started to put much more attention to also my own health. And um, yeah, so I live by the mantra, pure, happy, healthy. And my brand is called like this. And uh, actually the earrings I'm wearing, as you were listening, you cannot see them, but um, you were mentioning them before. So they mean happy and healthy. And um, I made them. You made them. I make them myself. I'm the earring designer as well. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You are just like a woman of all trades. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, actually, uh, I love doing a lot of uh, things at the same time because I get bored quite uh, quickly and I have two big aspects of my personality. One is that very creative part, but the other Mm -hmm. one is a very intuitive and very, um, I would say maybe like my healer aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can live both parts with the one with my design and the modeling and also still a bit of photography and my podcast. And the other one, I think the podcast also blends into that healer thing. And I'm also a hypnotherapist and um, a coach up to come. So uh, I'm working on my first program to be launched in 21. Um Yeah, so I can combine these two aspects, which really um, reflect my personality, I would say. Which is beautiful. It's so nice to see multifaceted women because I feel like as creative beings, we have so many different parts of us and so many different Mm -hmm. parts that want to be expressed. But often we sort of keep them in little boxes of labels of, oh, I'm this or I'm just that or I'm this, you know, whereas when you let yourself be in play and be the artist and be the podcaster and be the, you know, the um, fashion designer and all of these things, I can tell that you're, you know, you're tapping into who you really are. Mm, 
yeah, I think there's so much criticism from the outsides towards people who have these multifaceted personalities and also live that because we've been ingrained from society that you're supposed to do that one job and climb the corporate ladder and you're supposed to have kids by that age, be married by that age, live the life with uh, two kids, one dog in that house and then do that job earn that much money. And I think it can be very challenging to free yourself from these norms and these standards that society put upon you. And depending on where you live in this world, it might be more challenging or less challenging, depending on how you got um, raised also by your parents. But I think once you can free yourself from that, it's just so beautiful because step by step, you're tapping more into who you really are. And then also allowing the change to come into your life. Because just a few years back, if you would have asked me, I would have never thought that I do something like hypnotherapy because that was not in my mindset. But then also when that desire to do something like this comes up for you, then also being open for change and accepting that change in your life and not seeing life as something consistent that has to go this way or just because you've started something that it always has to continue this way. But also, mm -hmm. yeah, the, again, where we were talking about earlier, if you empty the space, you make room for something else. So if mm -hmm. you let go of these expectations also that your life has to look a certain way, you really open up for new ideas, um, new career path, new ways of living to enter your life. And then also maybe you might find out that you don't like it. I mean, it could have been possible that I don't like doing hypnotherapy. You do not know before you do the, the teaching for it, right? But then... um also accepting that, that maybe it's not for you and then accepting that as a learning experiencing and then moving on to maybe something else that really draws your attention and makes your heart uh, filled up. <laughs> I love it. That's one thing I think with um, in general where people can get stuck is when you make a commitment mm. and you, or you do something and you invest in whether it's like school or whether it's a course or whether it's maybe a relationship, like whatever it is. And then you have a hard time letting it go, even when you know that you're meant to do something else. But in business, like if you look at it from a business perspective, they call this sunk cost. I think I don't know that much about business, but there's a sunk cost. There's a point where you invest in something and it's just, it's not for you anymore. It was for you at the time, but then, so then you just, you, you let it go and you appreciate it for what it was but it's a sunk cost and you just let it go. You're, you're grateful for the experience of it, but then you're opening yourself up to more. Where so many people, I love that we were talking about decluttering in the beginning because so many people go through their lives clinging on and taking in more and hoarding more and just like piling on all the stuff. And eventually they get to a point where it's just like, there's no space to even think or breathe or create and feel fully expressed. Yeah, definitely. And I think it all comes down to security. I think security for humans is a very basic need. And mm -hmm. people often think that they get the security by having that stable job or having all these things in their house uh, that makes them feel secure, that makes them feel good, having this like safe zone, that comfort space. But what I realized on my journey is that you find the security and the safety within yourself, at least that, that counts for me. So when you feel safe within you, because you can trust yourself. And 
I'm really dive deep into my own um, intuition. So yep. I really know I can a hundred percent trust myself because my intuition will immediately tell me if something is off or it starts with simple things like, um, today I think I should not take this bus, but take the subway instead. Or today I feel like, um, eating this and not that or, um, with this partner choice, it feels good somehow, but I think it's not the right partner for me and stuff like this. So I really deeply trust myself and my intuition. And therefore I feel like I don't also don't need to attach to so many outer things that provide security because I already have it in the inside. And mm. I think a lot of people it's like this house and the status and the money and all that stuff is so deeply connected to the security that people want to have in their life because it's that basic need. It's almost like there's an empty space within and you try to fill it and you try to fill it and you get this and you get that and you get this and you get that. But the only way you can be okay with the empty space is actually just being empty, feeling it. And then from there, you know, um, mm. being okay. Yeah. And I think it's the same with consumerism, to be honest. Like, I love that you said filling that empty space because I think consumerism also serves that purpose of making you happy for a very short amount of time because it mm -hmm. gives you all that adrenaline and, um, the serotonin that you get from shopping, you know, and that feels like you fill your void, but then it only fills it up for a very short amount of time. But it won't last for a long, a long run. It doesn't make you actually happy. It just gives you some pleasurable feelings. And maybe I would rather say it's a bliss moment of bliss more mm -hmm. than the feeling of happiness. Mm -hmm. So what are three tips to live a pure, happy, healthy life? What are your three top tips with that? Mm. Trust your intuition and really dive deep into rediscovering your intuition. I think it's very easy in our distracted world to lose that connection. Um, but then really starting even with like simple steps, maybe to rediscover it. Listen to yourself before you eat something. Maybe listen. What does your body tell you? What does it want? What does it want to eat at this moment? Does it even want to eat? How much does it want to eat? Or What should you do in the evening? Do you feel like actually hanging out with friends or do you rather feel like maybe staying home and bad with like a good book or really trusting, starting to trust yourself again and then taking time for yourself, really listening again to yourself. When do you need time for yourself? I think a lot of people always try to fulfill um, the expectations of others or mm -hmm. really hustling for work, stressing, um, going from A to B, not sleeping enough, not sitting down for eating, not taking these 15 minutes in the morning to really maybe do a yoga session or do a meditation or just maybe take a good bath or whatever it is for you that really grounds you and really taking time for yourself to really dive deep with yourself. And then eating healthy is a very big aspect um, in my life and drinking enough water is also really important and sleeping enough. So these are like three key elements, I think, for also a pure, happy and healthy life because Our body really, if our body is not like pure, happy and healthy, also our mind will suffer from that because really our body is our temple, in my opinion. And that's where it really all starts. 
Mm-hmm. Totally. I love that. Our bodies really are our temples. And, you know, often we're abusive to ourselves or, you know, we can just sort of like take it for granted. Hi, love. I hope you're enjoying this episode. I wanted to pop in really quickly to share with you if you are looking for even more support to transform your life, check out thevibrancymethod.com or click on the link in the show notes to see all of my free resources, details of my coaching programs, and so much more to help support you on your journey of personal growth. Remember, you are one decision away from completely changing your life and that anything is possible. Now let's get back to this week's episode. You did say at some point the gift of health. And I love that earlier said, you know, be grateful for the gift of health. And that's one thing that every single day, if you are healthy, it's like, that is, that is a gift. And even just acknowledging that and appreciating that you're setting yourself up for a different experience. Yeah. And you know what? It's also really interesting how we deal with our body reflects a lot on how we think about the world and how we think about Mm. ourselves. Because when we really put our body and our health on top of of everything in terms of taking good care of ourselves, looking what we put inside of our body, that we get enough sleep, that we get enough rest, that we really... um, listen what our body needs doing all that self-love and self-love uh, self-care um strategies it really reflects what you think about yourself and how mm-hmm. you think of your worth as well and mm-hmm. also what you think about the world maybe because i think it's all connected you know how you do there's that one nice saying like how you do one thing reflects how you do everything and i think that counts also how you deal with your body it really reflects how you deal with others, how you deal with the world. And I think it really all starts with the relationship to ourself. And then we can go from there and project also the love that we can give ourselves to others and then to this world. <laughs> oh, beautiful. So what are for having more self-love and your body image as well, just to feel better? Do you have any tips that you went through? Um, even for you, because you had this, this realization when you were in Bali, where all of a sudden you were like, what am I doing? It was really a spiritual, a deeper self-love experience. And when you came home, you took action on it and immediately you felt, you felt better. Mm, yeah. Yeah. There's, um, a lot of things I did <laughs> as I really struggled with severe, uh, body dysmorphia. So I really struggled years and years by, really hating my body and not seeing myself properly. So um, I took action on a lot of different things. So body dysmorphia, can you explain what that is for anybody who's listening and yeah. they don't they don't understand? You see yourself completely different and you very concentrated on your flaws and your imperfections and um, find yourself very ugly and cannot see yourself in a, in a realistic way. And you put all the blame and all the hate on your body. Um, yeah. And, um, so one very nice tool is, um, that you take photos of yourself from all age ranges. So one for, from when you're a baby, one when you're maybe three years old, one six years old. And I put them in front, um, next to my bed. So when I lay in bed, I immediately look at them. So all kinds of photos from all age ranges. 
And every morning and every evening, so every morning when I wake up and every evening when I go to sleep, I look at them and I say, I love you. And I look mm. through all of these pictures and I really imagine myself taking myself in this picture in my arm and saying, you're beautiful just the way you are. And I see you, I care for you. So that's somewhat in our child work, I would say. Um, and it was a bit painful for me even in the beginning when I started that because I didn't really like myself on all these pictures. And some of them I weighed uh, very, like, um, I was kind of overweight on one of them. I was really underweight. And on one of them, I had my teeth come out, you know, like when you're like <laughs> six years old or something. Um, but over a time you get used to you looking like this and then you also embrace yourself in all these different forms and um in all these different age ranges and mm -hmm. that was really powerful for me and um also i couldn't even look at myself in the mirror for a really long time because i hated so much what i saw there that i just mm -hmm. eliminated all the mirrors out of my flat i mean it's minimalist but <laughs> <laughs> um so that was a different purpose But then also when you're showering, for example, or when you take a bath or something, just take out your favorite um, shower gel or shower lotion and then really taking the time to massage your body and look at your body. Like, look, how does it look? And um, in the beginning, it can feel quite uncomfortable because if you don't like yourself, then it's quite painful. But over the time, you really get to know yourself and you appreciate yourself and then you get acquainted with your body. And then that's for me, at least also one thing, how I learned to love my body. And um, it might sound surprising for many people now, but also I am uh, have been modeling for quite a few years now. And modeling actually really helped me also to overcome that body um, dysmorphia. Um, in the beginning, I was also still very critical. I didn't want to see myself on the pictures. I didn't really know how to pose. But over the time, you obviously see the results of your photos. And then you get used to um, to seeing yourself on these photos. And I mean, it's professional photos, you know, like they look good and then they get put up on billboards or in magazines or something. So you see yourself in like these beautiful magazines and you see yourself And like, um, next to all these other beautiful models that you will use to look to. And then you're like, wow, this is me. And then so looking at yourself in some pictures can also really help. So I would also suggest to people, maybe pick a photographer that where you like the style of the pictures and just do a photo shoot, make really nice professional pictures and then look at these beautiful results out there and When you see yourself, you have it in your hand and that's you. That's you, mm -hmm. uniquely you. No one looks like you. And having these nice picture and then even maybe putting them also up on your wall and going through that ritual of saying, I love you. Like I love that ritual. I love that ritual. I feel like it's so powerful. I've done journaling with a photo of, you know, a younger version and mm -hmm. I've heard that exercise before, but wholly powerful to take all different, you know, versions of you of different ages and put it up there and shower yourself with love every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, also the modeling obviously, um, helped me get a very thick uh, skin because you go through a lot of rejections when you go through the, the casting procedures, et cetera. People maybe tell you, oh, like, 
we don't want to have you for this campaign or sometimes they don't even look at you really they're just like next you know and in the beginning that can be quite painful but then in the end I learned through that at least that I don't need to um, rely with my self-worth on other people's opinions and it actually has nothing to do with me but um, it has to do something with maybe I don't fit in the campaign maybe Uh, they're looking for a blonde model, but I'm dark haired, you know, and um, so not determining my self-worth and my beauty on someone else's opinion. And that made me grow really, really strong from the inside. So now if something happens to me that I get a rejection from maybe a man I'm interested in or um, even a casting again, then I really don't take it personal anymore because mm -hmm. I know now that my self-worth is not connected to that situation. So in the beginning, it was challenging, yes, but over time, I think as a model, um, yeah, you grow very strong, like very um, resilient. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you found the truth too. Like if you can get to a point where your self-worth doesn't depend on what his opinion is or what their opinion is, then all of a sudden you're free to be. You're free to create. You're free to do what you want because you're not going to be living in, you know, the box of your own mind. Yeah, exactly. And someone once said something to me that really stick with me for a long time and also really helped me um, really being free. Like you just said, like whoever you believe in, if it's God or the universe or the creation or whatever would have not created me if I was not supposed to be like this, you know, I, I'm here for a reason for, from all the opportunities that I could have possibly looked like this or be like this or were born like this, but I'm here in my body with my personality. And that's so incredibly unique. And you are there with your body, with your personality, and you're completely unique, you know, and all the listeners, everyone just imagine like we're all so unique. And that is such a gift. And no matter what we believe, where we come from or how we come from, but just realizing this, that because of this, you are already perfect. And you are already beautiful. That's why I love the topic of your podcast. <laughs> and you'll be beautiful, you know? When yourself, right? Be you, be beautiful. Exactly. Now that I'm just thinking about it, I really do think that like our bodies and our health are the two things that I feel we take in general, just take for granted the most, mm -hmm. right? Like it's, it's just so often we forget about it, but having that awareness and bringing that presence and that love in the moment, that's where things can change. I love the exercises that you brought in. Thank you so much for sharing those. Yeah, very welcome. <laughs> I mean, I'm in Grenada right now, but when I go back home, I'm going to go through my box of photos. I'm going to get all of the photos of me as a little girl, as a teenager in my 20s and put them up and I'm going to do that. Oh, uh, yeah, it's so powerful. Yeah, I think inner child work is so incredibly powerful. And I think we can do that on many ways. So this yes. is a good exercise to do just like at the side every morning, every evening, because you, you see it anyways, you know, you're laying in bed and it's already there. Um, but then also through my um, hypnotherapy, you can really also go back in time and go to your inner child and give the inner child a lot of healing. But I think you can also do that in meditation really well, or I'm sure there's a lot of other methods where you can give your inner child so much love because I think it really starts all there that we all have that hurt child still inside of us that actually is just craving for security and love. And I think it's so important to, yeah, 
keep giving all the love and security there and in order to also feel it in our present moment right now. Beautiful. So you mentioned uh, coaching, hypnotherapy, uh, your podcast. Where is the best way for people to find you if they want to reach out? So I'm active on Instagram at Leandra Haub, but then also my um, podcast has her own channel, Pure Happy Healthy. You find it also in my Instagram. And then you find it, uh, the podcast on all big platforms where you would like to listen to your uh, your podcast. And then also I have my website, leandra-haub.com. Beautiful. I'm going to link everything in the show notes so you guys know where to go. Is there anything else that's on your heart that you'd like to share? Yeah, thank you so much for holding the space. I really, really love your podcast and um, I'm really grateful to be here. And I just would love to encourage everyone to dive deeper into um, yeah, your own intuition because everything you need and everything you, yeah, you're looking for and is already within you and you are mm -hmm. who you've been looking for basically. Um, so you're already imperfectly perfect so embrace your flaws and you're perfect with your flaws and exactly at this moment where you are there's nothing you need to change in order to embrace yourself oh, thank you my dear that was beautiful thank you so much <laughs> thanks for listening if you love today's episode we have many more amazing topics to come so make sure to subscribe to never miss a beat And since you made it this far, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at Samantha Roberto and tell me, what was your biggest takeaway? I want to know. If you're looking for even more support, make sure to check out samantharoberto.com for more information about my coaching packages and stay tuned because next week we have another incredible episode being dropped. And don't worry, if you're super eager, we have a whole bunch of binge-worthy, life-changing episodes already posted so you can keep going there. Remember, you are most beautiful when you are you. So turn up your light and shine, and we'll see you next week. Oh,